Hey guys, welcome back to the Moto Academy podcast, the number one podcast in motocross. If you enjoy listening and want to watch full episodes, you can enjoy them inside the Moto Academy app. Try your first month free by using code MOTOFREE at club.themotoacademy.com and experience the world's best online motocross community and training platform. Again, that's code MOTOFREE at club.themotoacademy.com. See you guys inside the app. Hey guys, holy cow. Holy cow, another solo episode of the Moto Academy podcast, the number one podcast in motocross. And just right off the bat, I'm going to address the elephant in the room in that I bought this thing. We bought these little mic things and hopefully it looks good. The idea with this was in the Instagram vertical. It's always something, by the way, not in a negative way, but it is constant troubleshooting and it is constant improvement here at the Moto Academy. When you go into 9x16, which is what we use for all of our vertical formats, so that would be Instagram, Facebook Reels, YouTube Shorts, and TikTok, and Instagram Stories, you can't see the Moto Academy sign behind me. You can only see like a very corner of the fraction of it. So I wanted the brand properly. So for the socials, I made sure that we got this little, I don't know, Kind of looks like a news reporter, but makes us look just a little bit more fish with it. We are the number one podcast in motocross, so we got to look good. We got to look good. Speaking of looking good. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I've got an embroidered crew neck, unreleased embroidered crew neck. I don't know if you guys can see it or not. I mean, we're stand up a little bit like. What's it say? The Moto Academy a global motocross training community with a little globe up here, all embroidered, kind of off-white on off-white, heavyweight. And the only unfortunate thing about this is when we release it, it's gonna be in our uh, our limited release section on the website, probably in within the next month. They're not gonna be cheap because they cost me, I'm pretty sure our price, shouldn't disclose this information, our price was probably $75 for this crew neck, which is absurd, but that's why we have the essentials stuff on the website, which is the normal Moto Academy logo, hoodies, t-shirts, hats, and we're adding to the essentials section. Uh, and we also just reduced the price of the essentials section because I don't care about profit margin on that stuff. I just wanna have you guys wearing the logo representing. So go on the website and scoop up some of the essentials stuff. When you see the limited drops and you wanna get that stuff as well, it's sick with it. I mean, it's gonna be heavier duty, more expensive garment. It's gonna be just all around kind of higher. If you're into the high-end stuff, snag it. We're only doing like 25 of each piece. So we'll have 25 of these that are printed, period. Um, so I don't know, you know, we'll probably list them for 120 bucks at 120 bucks. I don't know how long it will take to sell out, but yeah, I just want to have a higher end option for myself to wear number one. And just in case you guys wanted to get high end with it, just in case, but at the very least scoop up some of the essentials. And like I said, we just made those cheaper. Um, the van is fixed. We did an episode with Tony and driver Jamie with the first one back in the van after uh, custom upfits fixing the leak. Those guys, I tell you what, they did it pretty quick. Driver Jamie, or no, they flew a person in, drove it back to Northern California from Southern Florida. It's like a 60 hour drive. And they tore the entire van apart and then put it back together in like four days. 
So pretty impressive work. I think they re-insulated with some thicker insulate too, so that way it just retains heat and the cold air a little bit better. And uh, we did find, I think, the source of the leak. So all good, all good. And thank you, driver Jamie, for flying in and driving that thing all the way back across the country without skipping a beat. I always feel bad asking him, and I, it's almost like I don't even have to ask. He just offers, and then he insists. And um, best employee you could ever ask for, best teammate, teammate you could ever ask for, driver Jamie. Shout out, driver Jamie. Um, for some reason, he's always afraid that he's going to lose his job. And I just want to tell you right here, right now, driver Jamie, if you're listening to this, you, of all people on the Moto Academy team, myself included, you have the most job security humanly possible. You will never get, never get let go. In fact, you are, uh, you're stuck with us. You're stuck with us forever until the day some, one of us dies. Uh, and then some, then you're stuck with us even beyond. So whoopsie daisy. Uh, shout out Christian. Also, Christian is, he was a trip winner, first of all. He's from the Netherlands, and he is a trusted source of podcast feedback. We run a, we used to run a loose program at the Moto Academy. I will say, we have tightened up ship, like nobody's business when it comes to the operations of how we're working things around here, like in a big, big, big way. But we still have, I still have some instinctive fly by the seat of my pants going on in that sometimes when I podcast, I don't know what we're going to talk about. And sometimes when I have guests on, I don't properly prepare for the guests that I have because they're my team members, right? If I were to have Ryan Dungey come on and talk to Ryan Dungey, I'd do a little bit of research. I'd get prepared. But when I have my teammates on, uh, like I had Grant to do his uh, intro, and his origin story, his original one a few weeks ago. I don't prepare for that type of stuff, and I should. And Christian made a good point. So just taking a couple notes and making sure I can keep the podcast on the rails just to do justice to the people that I'm having on and make sure that we can, because for you guys, being inside the Moto Academy community, especially for those of you that are in the app, you we need to make sure that you know who everybody is. It's super important. And sometimes things happen so quick. We just hired website Nate full-time. I think he's signing his contract today, so he'll start start full-time with us probably next Monday. So that's our first full-time hire of 2024. I think we had four full-time hires in 2023. We'll probably have, hopefully we can slow that pace a little bit because I don't necessarily intend to always and forever scale at that rate. I think we would be super highly effective with a team of 10 to 15 guys maybe 20 at most, highly effective. And if if not, I, I think that we're not utilizing AI and utilizing technology the way that we should be. So that's where Nate's gonna be a big help. Website Nate will be all things technology. He will also be, you know, kind of the head of marketing. So he'll be organizing that technology to best help our team, to best help Grant and Jackson do what they have to do, whether it be socials, um, content inside the app, really kind of creating like a 360 experience that makes sense. <clears throat> 2023 was certainly a lot of uh, things happening quickly, getting some things organized, but also 
scaling too quickly to really be able to control it at some at certain points, especially as we are scaling deliverables with the content. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but if you go on Instagram, for example, our Instagram content went from maybe one post a day across all of our channels to now we have three channels. We have my personal AJ Cat and Zero. We have the Moto Academy and we have now Moto Academy podcasts channel on Instagram and YouTube and Facebook and all of it and TikTok. So make sure you go follow the Moto Academy podcast one, take all the juicy clips out of there, put them in vertical format. Um, entertaining, entertaining, good stuff and educational mostly. So we have each of those channels now doing two posts a day on each every single day, five to seven stories per day on each. But the, the main feed posts are the big ones. And we plan to up that even further. So the idea really is just kind of like completely taking over mindshare of anybody that rides a dirt bike needs to know what Moto Academy is. Our stuff needs to be in front of everybody at all times. The people that I watch and study that are extremely high level business people uh, Gary V, Patrick Bet David, maybe uh, Alex Ramosi, I follow on Instagram. That are they they utilize social media to the point where I'm pretty sure Alex Ramosi said he was doing 5,000 unique posts a month across his socials. So I don't know if we'll get to that level in the next couple of years or not. I don't know how much manpower that requires, but AI is allowing us to do more and more and more. So if you run a business. Ultimately, Nate is basically going to be like our chief AI officer right now. Tony is really up on AI. Hannah, HR Hannah does a bunch of stuff integrated with AI. Jackson and Grant certainly do a bunch of stuff with AI. We probably have four or five different AI softwares and programs that we utilize for different things. If you run a business and you aren't utilizing AI, you've you've got to look into it send me a message i could probably even what is that noise i could probably even give you a point you in the right direction when it comes to certain things i'm talking everything from email marketing to creating your posts on socials to writing emails uh just said that to dubbing videos to editing your videos to uh, writing blogs to scripting videos if you're trying to script videos to writing business plans to you think of it the ai can do it and it is doing it for us basically it usually if nothing else it provides us with a rough draft and a first copy and then we use our human brains beyond that and i will like create a final copy based on the ai rough draft saving us hundreds of hours a week easily hundreds of hours per week. So that's huge. Uh, another thing that we recently did, we're recording there, recording there, everything's on. I've been having some, it's like we're getting power surges in here and the fridge, I don't know if you guys can hear it, but it's like there's somebody in my fridge trying to get out. What was I gonna say? Oh, we, I've been trying to plug the van in. I've been trying to charge the van for the last four days. Turns out the exterior outlet <coughs> at our house, there's a switch for it. Oopsie daisy, didn't know. So I've been trying to plug the van in. I would get in here every day for the last four days, plug the van in, get in, start the podcast, and then woo, everything would shut down. And I'm just like, what is, ha what is happening? 
Finally found the switch to turn on the outlets for the outside, charge the van. Now we're good. Now we're good and everything's on, but guess what? I'm ultra paranoid because I've just PTSD from getting in here, putting on the, the crew neck. I put this crew neck on for four days in a row to show it off to you guys. Getting my notes ready, pulling up my phone, mixing my element, getting everything turned on, recorded, and then boop, just shuts off. Very, 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 very frustrating. Very frustrating, but we fixed it. Also, what it did is I was trying to charge my Stark on the outside outlet for about four or five days in a row, trying to charge the Stark, I killed it. And now it's so dead that I can't even get it to charge, I can't get it to turn on, nothing. So I, I tried calling them this morning. I think they have a fix. They seem pretty surprised they haven't had anybody kill it that badly before. Uh, so whoopsie daisy on that. Good thing I got two other Starks sitting there at Tony's house. So uh, I fly out tonight to California, maybe? Where am I going? Club Moto. So Northern California. Have class there tomorrow and then I'll be back and I'm going to ride and film on the Stark quite a bit next week. We have, I don't think it has to be a secret necessarily. Actually, I don't think it does at all. So yeah, we're working together with Stark on something really cool. And that something is, Jackson, don't post this on socials. Don't make a clip out of this, but we could certainly have this in the podcast. We are teaming up and we'll have the Moto Academy app on the home screen of all Starks that are sold in the United States, along with offering anybody that purchases a Stark a free year inside the Moto Academy app and free access to a Stark Varg entire course that we're going to create. Well, we're going to create it next week because we haven't created it yet. So that's huge. And what's really cool is Stark is a young company that is willing to be creative. And I think they see the value and we're doing the same thing. We're doing the same thing. I, I think that I have a lot of similarities to Anton at Stark in that it's sort of like a visionary leadership, like kind of out there in the future. Some stuff to a lot of people probably sounds unrealistic, but also being able to organize a team to then be able to execute and make those things happen. Clearly he's done it with actually getting these things done and not only getting them done, but they're uh, unbelievably good bikes. So yeah, we're gonna be tied in with 100 to 120 dealerships or so in the United States with Stark. So that way, when you guys are purchasing these things, Moto Academy is already on there. You have access to the app for free. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's huge. It's huge. I've been, we've been wanting to do something like that for a while with the dealership network. And yep, this is a big, big step for us. So shout out Stark. Uh, what else? Oh, we also, I'm gonna answer some questions here in a bit. I have a team call in eight minutes, which I'm gonna miss. Should I tell everybody that we don't have to do it today? Let me at least send a voice note so I don't just miss this call. Let me, you know what, I'm gonna call, let me call Tony. Tony is currently our COO, although that's just a not a good role name for him because he's, he's Hey, uh, I am podcasting finally successfully in here. Everything's turned on, nothing's turning off. Okay. And I'm full steam ahead. So I definitely won't make team call in seven minutes. 
Um, maybe more so just until we get the structure of these dialed in, like to the traction structure, whenever I'd like to do that as soon as possible, but maybe just keep it short and just make sure everybody's kind of updating you on what they're working on instead of it being like a data collection call, like Mondays are, if they're just telling you kind of more so what they're focused on, make sure you're, they're on track, but yeah, I just want to let you know, I won't make it. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll uh, report back if there's any uh, issues or we need your help with anything. Okie dokie. Uh, I called right. Stark. He's get sending. He's emailing me like a list of instructions to try to get that thing charged. Okay. I won't have time before I fly out, but I will try it when I get back. You got yours connected all good? Yeah, those are all good. Do you want me to bring one down and take the one you have back just so it's there when you get back? Or do you not think that's a priority? Not yet. I mean, I'll look at it. So when I get back Saturday, I'll look at it, see if I can't get it running. And then I'd like to ride a few times next week on one. So if I can't get it running on Saturday, I'll just let you know and we can try to sync up and I'll steal one of the other ones. Okay. Yeah, we can meet at Point to Glory or something. All right. Sounds good. Okay. Thanks, sir. Yep. Okay. So Tony, shout out Tony, is... I'm calling him the integrator now because basically he is, you have me up top and then what you really need below that is the integrator to then deal with operations, to deal with finance, to deal with sales and marketing. And we call him COO right now, but he's, I think we're going to eliminate that effective immediately. We're just going to call him the integrator. He's basically like the terminator, but, um, he's more, more organized, um, communicates really well and gets stuff done gets stuff done kind of like the terminator <sighs> okay i have notes actually speaking of still talking a little bit of business here sorry folks we we are creating an entire operation system which we slowly been doing but now we're really really completing the framework of our, the operation system for Moto Academy business, the way that everything is operating, everything that we do, everything that we do, labeling employees, jobs, their tasks, documenting their processes, um, creating proper structure around our bi no, not bi-weekly. We do two team calls a week. We have one on Monday, one on Thursday. We try to keep them short. We try to keep them organized, but now we've really, we're creating some framework around that, uh, 10 year vision, three-year goal, one-year plan, 90-day rocks. So this is sounding familiar to some of you guys. It's coming from the book Traction by Gino Wickman, where I'm completely utilizing the, the entire EOS operating system that they deploy, that they write out in the book. It's perfect. It's perfect. So if you guys run a small business of three employees, I'd say you probably need closer to 10 to make sense of if you have six to 500 employees, six to 300 employees, look, read this book, look into this operating system. If you feel like you're slightly unorganized, feel like there's miscommunication happening or people job overlap and confusion, people not knowing who to report to, uh, team calls that don't seem as productive as they could, Traction by Gino Wickman. It's amazing. I, I also ordered What the Heck is EOS, which is the employee version of the Traction book. So 
it's basically the handbook to explain to our employees. Once we get the framework of this in place, all of our employees will read it so that way they know like, okay, wh why is this important? Why is this important? Um, and one of the first things was to create the vision. And part of the vision is, is really having your core values in place. And I've been thinking about this a lot lately because of having a daughter and thinking that, okay, how do I want to guide her with all of the knowledge that I'm beginning to acquire? It seems like so much that where do I begin? How do I simplify? How do I prioritize? And I think core values, whether you're a business or an individual, having, let's say, five core values that you can stick to, repeat, 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 is critical. If you have 20 of them, it's kind of like when I tell people to try to fix technique and they go out and focus on all of their issues all at once, you end up kind of all of them go out the window, right? But if you have just five solid core values for your business, five solid core values for you as an individual, I think that's huge. I created this pretty quickly, honestly. So I, I read the chapter on creating your core values. It was already on my mind anyhow. And then I ended up taking out my notebook. This was two nights ago. And I wrote this core values section in five minutes, five minutes. That's, so that's how much thought I've put into it prior to this is I knew, I already knew, I knew what the things were. And what's interesting is they're the same core values. These are completely interchangeable between these would be the core values I would teach Millie, my daughter, and these are the core values that we're going to have in big old letters right at the top of a document. So it is how our business, how the Moto Academy operates and how every one of our employees will operate. Also, when we have our Moto Academy communities, these core values will be the same exact five core values. There's things you could add, certainly, but I, I really think that these five cover it. And I wanted to read them to you guys. So the last one being a little bit more extensive, and I have a note that it's basically like a it's a contract for this the, the fifth one specifically. So Moto Academy core values. Hopefully you guys enjoy this because I think this is actually really important. This is in no specific order, by the way. Still paranoid that I'm not recording. Open-mindedness, being open to new thoughts, ideas, and ways of doing things. Open-mindedness, honestly, is I feel like was the, the groundwork, it was the framework for what actually allowed me to create change in the first place. When I read Think and Grow Rich a couple of years ago, the, the, one, descript, the one adjective that I would describe my mindset going into that is I was open-minded. I was ready to read that book. I was ready to create change and I was ready to accept everything in that book as something that I needed to do and needed to make change on. Um, if you are not open-minded, it's you're, you're, you're dead before you're dead in the water before you even start, in my opinion. And that's with anything that's with relationships. That's with creativity. That's with business. It's with your attitude. It's with all of it. Open-mindedness. Next one growth mindset. And I put a, a quote from Emil, Emil, Emil Kuh. I need to learn how to say this because I use this quote often. 
And this is a translation from French, so it's probably not spot on, but this is the English translation that resonates the most with me. Every day, in every way, we're getting better and better. I tell Millie that every day. Every day, in every way, you're getting better and better. I think it's a perfect suggestion. It's a perfect auto-suggestion that you can repeat for compounding effect of growth mindset. Growth mindset is simply that, it's just that. In every, every day, in every way, you get better and better. You get a little bit smarter, you learn a couple more things, and you, you know the cliche of every day you learn something new. Everybody knows that cliche, but I think very few people actually operate and think that way. Every day you ride the bike, you learn something new, and you try something new, and you get a little bit better, a fraction of a percentage better. Every time you make a mistake, every time you fail at something, every time something goes wrong, you're learning. So you're getting a fraction of a percentage better in those failures, in those mistakes, a fraction of a percentage better. So every day in every way, you're getting better and better. That's a great one. That's a freaking great one. You're gonna get a tattoo, get that tattooed on you. Next one. This is sort of what I just was kind of elaborating on. Every failure brings with it the seed of an equivalent success. That's a Napoleon Hill quote. I think I first read that in Think and Grow Rich. Every failure brings with it the seed of an equivalent success. So meaning that as long as you have the correct perspective, when you make a mistake, to be able to frame that in your mind of, okay, what am I taking away from this mistake that I can apply moving forward, that not only will I not make the mistake again, but I will improve a fraction of a percentage moving forward. I can give you infinite examples of things, that mistakes that we've made in Moto Academy in the last three years, learning, 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 downloading, learning, learning, learning. And it's because the reason everything always works out fine, everything not only works out fine, it works out better than almost you could even imagine is because I, I just, I have that mindset, right? Incredibly important. Every failure brings with it the seed of an equivalent success. If you don't believe that, then you are constantly in fear of failure. If you're, if you're in fear of failure, then your, your subconscious is basically doing everything it can. Well, basically at that point, your subconscious is trying to prove to you how you can fail. And if you're consciously fearing that you will fail, your subconscious will be like, oh, hey, yep, here's an example of how you can fail. Oh, hey, yep, over here, this is an example of how you can fail. You'll constantly be... <laughs> shown different ways that you can fail just because you're afraid of it, right? And so you need to flip that. Fear of failure is a huge, huge hangup for most people. Huge hangup. I am not afraid of anything. Anything. I'm not afraid of failing. I'm not afraid of going completely broke. I'm not afraid of dying. I'm not afraid of any of it. To be quite honest, I, I have a I have a pretty good understanding of, of a lot of it at, at this point. I, I feel like, uh, yeah, big one. Okay, what else? Per this is a good one. Also, Napoleon Hill, perform more service and better service than that for which you are paid. That right there is something that I was 
completely without even realizing why it was important. I was doing that at Moto Academy from day one. In fact, that was like part of the reason I thought I was going to be able to get my foot in the doors. I was like, all right, watch this. I'm going to be able to do, I'm going to do private lessons. I'm going to do private lessons for so inexpensive that, and give people such an amazing lesson that it just like the value is, it's a complete no brainer to where you can't say no. And when I started doing my group classes, I'm going to make these classes so inexpensive that, and offer such an amazing service for the day that you can't possibly not speak good of it and tell a friend about it. Uh, and that's the mindset I've had the entire time with Moto Academy. And that's it. That's the type of behavior I expect as well from my employees and our team with the Moto Academy. The people that have left are, if some of them are for that very reason, because they didn't perform more service and better service than that for which they were paid. And that's not to say that as a business, you take advantage of your employee, but it's just somebody that is willing to have the accountability and care enough to go above and beyond, to be creative, to think outside the box uh, and to not expect to be compensated for it. You will be compensated for it unless your boss is just somebody that's greedy and you should be able to recognize that the compensation will come. You have to build it together. There's this fan is making a lot of noises. Now the lights are flickering. Oh boy. Okay. So that's a great one. Final one. Final one. By the way, kids, adults, especially kids, this is very important stuff, I feel like. Uh, final one is Napoleon Hill's self-confidence formula. This is a formula that I'm going to have all of my employees sign. This is a formula that I'm going to have every single person, whether they're six years old or 60 years old that comes to a Moto Academy community sign, especially people that are living there full time. Um, and I'll read it for you. It's a little, it's not long, but it's a, it's a little bit of a read here. Self-confidence formula. One, I know that I have the ability to achieve the object of my definite purpose in life. Therefore, I demand of myself persistent, continuous action towards its attainment and I here and now promise to render such action. Two, the dominating thoughts of my mind will eventually reproduce themselves in outward physical action and gradually transform themselves into physical reality. Therefore, I will concentrate my thoughts for 30 minutes daily upon the task of thinking of the person that I intend to become, thereby creating it in my mind and a clear mental picture. Three, I know through the theory of auto-suggestion, any desire that I persistently hold in my mind will eventually seek some expression through some practical means of obtaining the object or position I desire. What that is, is that's explaining to you, that's having that dialogue with your subconscious, the things that you tell yourself, good or bad, that end up being absorbed, downloaded into your subconscious, that's called auto-suggestion. So, um, you can be really, really highly conscious about the auto suggestion that you do. Four, I have clearly written down a description of my definite chief aim, and I will never stop trying until I develop sufficient self-confidence for its attainment. Five, I realize that no wealth or position, this is a big one. I realize that no, and this one right here is why I sleep well at night 
It's why nothing can affect me. Nothing can bother me. No negative comment can bother me. Nobody doing anything out of self-preservation can bother me because I know I act in this way. And this is critical. I realize that no wealth or position can long endure unless built upon truth and justice. I will engage in no transaction that will not benefit all whom it affects. I will succeed by attracting to myself the forces that I wish to use and the cooperation of other people. I will induce others to serve me because of my willingness to serve other people. I will eliminate hatred, envy, jealousy, selfishness, and cynicism by developing love for all humanity, for I know that a negative attitude towards others will never bring me success. I will cause others to believe in me because I will believe in them and in myself. I'm gonna read that again, sorry. I just think that's so freaking incredibly important. If you live your life by that, it, uh, so many good things will happen to you. I realize that no wealth or position can long endure unless it built upon justice and truth. I will engage in no transaction that will not benefit all whom it affects. I will succeed by attracting to myself the forces that I wish to use and the cooperation of other people. I will induce others to serve me because of my willingness to serve other people. I will eliminate hatred, envy, jealousy, selfishness, and cynicism by developing love for all humanity, for I know that a negative attitude towards others will never bring me success. I will cause others to believe in me because I believe in them and in myself. I will sign my name to this formula, commit it to memory and repeat it aloud once a day in full faith that it will gradually influence my thoughts and actions. So I'll become a self-reliant and successful person. There you go. There you have it. That's basically what I do. That's basically what I do. Uh, yeah. If you guys have questions, by the way, if you're in the Moto Academy app and you are trying to create change and struggling, if you're trying to create change and it's going well and you want to just share your thoughts, ask a question, um, update me on your progress, ask me where you can begin with it, send a message. Get inside the Moto Academy app, join our community. If you're not in there already, what the heck are you doing? What the heck are you doing? Okay, also, 40 minutes in, I'm gonna end this thing with some questions. Uh, people inside of the Moto Academy app are the only ones that can ask questions, by the way, for this podcast. So if you guys wanna be on the podcast, make sure you get in the app. Sorry, I'm distracted. Couldn't be getting more text messages right now. Could not be getting any more text messages. Let me put this here. All right. Oh, we got one from Christian. Again, a question about the things that are presented by Coach Jay. He says, uh, put in the reps. And uh, believe me, I did this year. Um, with all the problems of focusing, etc., that we already uh, talked about in the previous question. Um, but still, uh, when I really do uh, 
do a race and if I look at my uh, increase in time, it's so little. So um, is there no way to um, sort of get a sort of bump start somewhere or is that just you need focus first on this and then that, something like that? Okay, good question. So, and this is this is where most people in motocross and in life kind of, they put the cart before the horse, is that the saying? You can't expect things to start happening and snowballing and changing like that. You can't expect to work on your technique for a month or six months or a year and then suddenly start being a half second a lot faster, a second a lot faster, 10 seconds a lot faster. Sometimes that will happen, but it is completely dependent on your situation. Sometimes it won't happen. Sometimes you'll get five seconds a lot slower. And it everybody is at a, on a different timeline. So that's, I, I, I think Christian for you, if like you're using speed, so your lap time as your um, baseline, basically of like you're checking in, okay, have I improved? Let's time myself in a race. Ooh, I haven't, I've, I've improved, but not that much. Um, I wouldn't use that as your compass. I really wouldn't because I think that that speed, that could take five years. It, it, it could take five years because what it, the speed will come when all of the things that you do on the bike become automatic. And Christian, I know by watching you on the bike, there's multiple things that are not automatic yet. So therefore the speed isn't, isn't ready to appear. That's why it seems like you can work, 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 work. And it's like, you're almost plateaued in a sense. And then all of a sudden it's like that aha moment. And whoa, I'm just a huge improvement absolutely out of nowhere it's because that happens when all of those automatic those things happen automatically so you've got to be patient you've you've got to be patient uh christian there's a couple of big things with you like the hips are one right if you try to go fast your hips roll the the wrong way that you're supposed to you end up in that back roll position and you you're going to be making mistakes left and right so you might feel like you're trying to go fast you might feel like you're going fast but you're not going to be and until that becomes automatic um it's it's not going to show on the stopwatch just yet so hopefully that kind of sort of answered your question uh but that is where most people give up right when it's with riding, that's when most pe people give up with like, oh, I've been trying to be a good person. I've been trying to read these books. I've been trying to think positive. I've been trying this and that, and I'm just not seeing any progress. You've gotta, you've gotta, first of all, the, the joy is, needs to be in the process and not the product anyways so i think that as soon as you detach and release attachment from the end product aka the speed you can then enjoy the process of making those tweaks making those changes putting in those reps and then you don't pay much attention to the product until you then reflect on it and go whoa oh hang on a second i've been going three seconds a lot faster and didn't even realize until i just kind of 
checked in and reflected for a second. So that detachment from the product, focusing and having the joy be with the process, it, that's a, also a learned behavior, but it's a mindset and um, a, a way to frame that in your mind that it, it's very, very powerful. All right, let's see. Oh, all right, we got a written question from Dirt Bike Dave. So here's a good one that happened to me last year. While going over a blind landing, a rider had fallen in my line. I landed on his bike and my body tensed up and it was a hard hit. Any advice on what to do maybe come away unscathed? Luckily, we were both okay. Just a little bike damage. Oh man, Dirt Bike Dave, if I haven't had that happen to me time and time and time again, and maybe you guys can relate. You come up over a jump, what's on the other side? Who knows? Could be a cow, could be a, a trailer, pulling some landscaping equipment. These are all things that I've done. Could be a, a three-wheeler for some reason. Could be a quad. Could be a person laying on the track that just fell. Could be a pedestrian, a person walking across or running across the track to get to another person that had just fallen. It could be somebody just riding across the track that was trying to get back to their pits. You name it. I could be a dog. It could be, I've been in the air and had that thing on the other side when in the air. So it's not a good feeling. The worst thing you could do is uh, tense up, lock your entire body is one thing because not only is it gonna make the impact harder when you do hit the ground, if you do hit the ground, but it's gonna make it a much higher likelihood that you do end up on the ground. I think the reason why Jet does such a good job of saving things is because you don't ever see Jet go into that tight, crazy tight position, right? I mean, look at all of even from this year. Look at the last few races, Jet winning, uh, leading the race where he did that triple on where his foot slipped off, cased the crap out of it, but he still remains in what looks like a good, confident, strong position with his hips in the right spot. And so therefore he has the strength, he has the mobility and the flexibility to be able to save it. I think that's the biggest thing. If you're gonna land on somebody's bike, get in the best attack position possible. Get your feet in the right spot, get them tight, get your hips in the right spot, so that way when your bike deflects, whichever way it's going to, you can't really predict sometimes, you have the best chance of just letting that thing do what it needs to underneath you. This is something I've gotten better at. I used to, uh, in Supercross, a lot of times you get cross-rutted and jump off and like clip or land on a tough block, right? I used to jump and then when I would go to land on the tough block, it would be like I would either basically crash before I even got to it because I'd give up on it that bad or I'd just lock so tight because I'd be such a nervous wreck that I would end up crashing anyway. The last few times that I've landed on tough blocks, I've been able to either ride out of it or just kind of like stuff myself in and then be able to roll my bike out and, and be on my way because I knew enough to not panic in the air and to stay in the correct position. Hopefully that makes sense because that's great advice. It's just hard to do. It's hard to do when you come up over a jump and there's something that you don't want to see on that other side sitting there. Uh, your first instinct is to do all the wrong things. All right, we got another written question here. Jer, I come off, I'm coming off a 250 four stroke. Should I get a 125 or a 252 stroke? This is always the advice I give people when it comes to 125s. A 125 is the hardest bike to ride. It, it's power to weight ratio. They're slow as molasses for the most part, right? It's 
it's a difficult bike to ride also because you have to ride it aggressive. You have to ride it in the power band the whole time. And so it can take away from the technique. I really, for most people, unless you're super light, don't recommend a 125. Or, or 125 is what I usually recommend for people trying to make that segue from 85s or super minis up to a big bike before they get to a 250F. I think a 125 in that stage, when you're 14, 15, maybe 16 years old, you're maybe 100 pounds to 130 pounds. 125 is really good for that type of person. I think in any other situation, a lot of other situations, a 125 just becomes difficult and will make your technique worse. It, I know it's an interesting take, but it's my opinion. Um, okay, got a question from Kanka. Oh, he told me how to say it too, and I'm, I'm sure I'm messing it up. It does take time to get over, but you have to remember... Wait. Oh. What advice would you give to a new racer, parentheses, one year, who had quick success in the beginning... I think I've answered that. Gosh, dang it. All right, we got Kenny C18. What's up, Moto Academy? Uh, quick question for AJ. Why not race some arena crash races? Oh. Kenny C18, great question. That's exactly why. I don't want to be arena crashing. I don't want to be. I don't have as much interest in riding that tight of a setting to where there's not too many obstacles to separate people. And you just ends up in or can end up in kind of like a slam fest. I think there's some things about arena cross that are really fun. If you have the, a guy that you trust racing against, I feel like Kyle Peters was a good one or could be a good one when it comes to this. I don't think I see him being a dirty rider necessarily. Probably why he's won the championships that he has because he doesn't really have too many people going for the jugular on him. But just a bit dangerous. Really high likelihood of bikes flying across the track onto you. Yeah, you have that possibility in Supercross too, but it's more spaced out. Um, also, they're in cities a lot of times that I don't care to be visiting or going to, but so are Supercrosses. Uh, yeah, that's kind of my reason. I think it's good practice for certain people. If you're making a segue into Supercross, it's Arena Cross is, is tricky. It's tricky. I know it's a small setting, but that's why. It's so tight. You're in first gear, you're in second gear. Uh, I started in arena cross before I got my start in supercross. Won a champion, 250 championship in supercross in 2010, when I was like 15 years old. AJ, King Friday here. King Friday, shout um, out. I'm gonna turn 50 this year, and last year I cased a double and it hurt a lot. At what age do you think it's okay to just roll doubles and stick to the tabletops, the singles, etc.? Um, 50, where I'm going to be soon? 60, 40? What do you think? King Friday, that's a great, that's a great question. At what age do we say no go to the doubles? I think that's completely situational and subjective to the individual. I, be, well, for example, myself. I'll hit double jumps until the day I die or stop riding a dirt bike because you have to be able to assess your, your individual risk level. If it's a giant double that I'm not quite confident on how fast to go, then I, yeah, I probably won't do it. But if it's, uh, the lights really just flickered that time. I'm going to end this quickly before the whole van shuts off and we lose it. 
um, you have to be able to just assess your your risk and your confidence level, your ability level. Um, you know, as far as like a body being able to take or not take those hard impacts of misjudging something coming up short or going ultra long, I would say, f you know, 40 is probably getting close to that cutoff. I think anything over 40 and those hard hits are really, really, really hard. Your likelihood of tearing ACL possibly, tear, uh, rupturing your Achilles, uh, st straining just any muscle, hurting your back, slipping a disc in your back, go up exponentially. So I think you just have to be able to assess like, okay, how calculated am I? What are the chances of me mistiming this jump? That's the framework. That's the way I, I think of it in my head is like, I'm at 30, I'm 30 years old. At 30, I'm not jumping stuff that I don't know what I'm doing. I, I'm jumping stuff confidently and right away because I know with 99% certainty that I know how fast to go to clear it. And that's a good feeling. If I do make a mistake, it's usually very, very seldom, first of all, and it's probably minor, like a couple feet long, a couple feet short. If I'm not confident of that, that's when you'll see me take some more time doing the obstacle. I'll watch somebody else do it. I'll listen to their bike. And yeah, when you're starting to get to that point, that's where it gets a little scary because you start kind of second guessing yourself. Um, so yeah, King Friday, I'd say if you're asking that question, probably shut down the doubles. Probably shut down the doubles. But that's why scrubbing, learning how to be effective at scrubbing can be really, really, really effective because you can keep that bike on the ground and push through. Um, okay, Van is now beeping. So I'm gonna sign off now before everything shuts down. Thank you guys for listening. Number one podcast in motocross. Thank you for submitting your questions. Subscribe, subscribe to the Moto Academy app. Brand new app for the two people still listening. Brand new app is releasing in less than a month, way less than a month, like almost less than three weeks. So stay tuned. Can't wait. It's the best thing we've ever created. And uh, it's going to take the app and the community to the next level. Toodaloo.